Welcome to 100 Stories of Hope. We are so, so, so close to our challenge of 100 stories. I think we are four off the final count. It is late on day four. We are quite tired, to be honest, (laughs) but we are getting there slowly and surely, and we still have hope that we will finish. So I'm your host, Anne Buckland. We have been doing this all to raise money for Mercy Ships and really hopefully provide a repository of stories that might just prove themselves helpful to people. Um, I am joined now by probably the most special guest of the whole series, which is my husband and long-suffering other half, Joel Buckland. Hello, Joel. Hi, Anne. (laughs) (laughs) Nice intro. Um, Joel has been working so hard behind the scenes. He is definitely our kind of brilliant brand strategist and someone I look up to for all things comms. Um, But he's been working so hard behind the scenes just to get the podcast out and keep everything moving. So we thought for the last few episodes, we're just going to share our stories. So firstly, Joel, I know you're tired. I know it's late. We've been doing this for four days. What does hope mean to you? It's a good question. And maybe at the beginning of this, I would have answered differently to the end of this. Because <laughs> this this has been a lot more work than I had anticipated. Yes. But no, in all seriousness, I think we've, we've discussed this before. To me, hope is a catalyst for action. And it's only through hope can we drive action and not to offend anyone, but for my personality type, I f- don't feel like I can have hope unless I'm planning action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. I can see that. It's it's interesting. We a number of conversations have mentioned how hope is active, mm-hmm. and it's energy, and it it does drive us forward. Um, but that I, I can see how. Knowing you well, I can see how hope leading to very definite action is is the hope that would be the one that. Yeah, they come hand in hand to me. I, you know, I, I know everyone's different, but to me, um, being a practical person, being a, I guess, a problem solver, mm-hmm. it, I I don't feel like I have one without the other. If if I have hope, then I'm trying to do something. I think that's a really really good statement and a really really good thought to have um in your mind what story summarizes hope for you uh, well there's there's a few stories that i think i've experienced firsthand um one of which uh, back in in 2007 i was working with aegis trust mm-hmm. um and at the time there was the uh, darfur genocide going on um, and we were working on a campaign called Fund for Darfur. And for me, I saw hope in a number of different situations there. Um, firstly, um, I had the real privilege of um, having, for want of a better term, a, a victim of, of the genocide share her story with me. Um, she shared about, she she'd got to the UK, she shared about the um, males in her family that had all been killed in front of her. The females in her family had all been gang raped. Um, to hear that vulnerability and that she'd got to the UK and had hope of a different life 
um, and a drive in her to help us that were, that were working on this campaign to get the genocide recognized. It hadn't been recognized at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the hope that she had that uh, to take action that was potentially quite dangerous um, and to share that vulnerability because there was the hope to see it recognized and the hope for change to happen in Darfur. Um, another situation within that same story um, was a Janjaweed defector. Now at the time that it was the Janjaweed um, that were going in to, to do some of the atrocities um, and this guy had defected and, um, and it's the, one of the organizations contacts had done the interview out, out in the country and, and had got it to the UK and we were editing it to a story to, alongside the rest of the campaign. Um, but for that person to have realized what had really gone on um, and realized what was wrong with the situation and to risk their life, you know, if, if it was found out who they were, you know, we, we took um, amazing precautions to really protect this person's identity. Um, even to this day, you know, not everyone in the organization knows, I don't know everything about him, um, but to, to risk life and limb to because they had hope of something different hope of the the four situation to be recognized and the genocide to be stopped um especially when you were one of the people responsible for doing some of that work as well so to me um if i think of hope those stories come to mind um and again it's hope in action so hope from people who had witnessed some real incredibly difficult situations to witness let alone go through but they'd use their hope that the world could be better to drive them on to do something about it yeah they their hope drove for for me really brave action really kind of daring you know it's, it's easy for us to kind of sit back and and let it happen elsewhere or or to you know if, even if it happens to us and then to try and move past it Mm-hmm. And, and and draw a line underneath it and say, right, I'm off in a different direction now. Um, to revisit that stuff, yeah. it, to me, is is really brave, both on a personal, emotional level, but also on, because of the situation, on a, a risk level. Um, that's, that's incredible. I mean, I've been fortunate in my career to I could probably give you a hundred stories just from different experiences like this. Um, I've had the pleasure of, or maybe pleasure is the wrong word, but the opportunity to work with around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, to me, that that drives me. That gives me hope. If people are willing to do that, what am I willing to do to try and help make that change? That's amazing. Thank you. So hope is definitely a force for action. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>